A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. On today's podcast, Rove McManus returns for more Doctor Who chat. My name is Justin Hamilton and I recognize these teeth here on Big Squid. Great to have your company for today's podcast. Rove and I initially recorded a quick reaction podcast to Jodie Whittaker's Doctor Who finale, but I wanted to sit on some of the bigger themes and thoughts, you know, just kind of let them settle for a bit and then come back a few weeks later to discuss not only the finale, but the whole run in general. I think everyone's too quick to have an opinion. And so I was happy to, you know, have have the initial chat after the episode. But when it comes to the broader context of the whole series and the whole run, I wanted to sit on it. I wanted to daydream about it and I wanted to kind of let it settle and then, you know, go back over some of the episodes and get a bit more of a feeling for how it all came together. And uh, look, I think it was really ambitious, and I think because it was ambitious, uh, I think we're better off for having Jodie's run and Chibnall's run. Like, even if individually I didn't enjoy some of the episodes as much as I have in previous seasons, there was still something uh, lofty about it, and I can see some of the goals they were aiming for probably more clearly now. And uh, for the most part, I think they achieved their goals and uh, it sets up a nice discussion with Rove. I don't know exactly uh, how much he would agree with me on that. Maybe a little bit, maybe a lot, I don't know, but you can have a listen and you can get your head around it. Uh, Just so you know, the podcast was recorded a few weeks ago and with everything that's been going on, I'm only just now getting a chance to release it. So there's no discussion about the new companion Ruby Sunday being played by young Millie Gibson and uh, 
I tell you what, even the photos with Nudi Gatwa's 15th Doctor makes the show look really young and fresh. Um, I'm really excited to see that uh, uh, coming through even in these initial images. Uh, it, it's really important that Doctor Who always not only regenerates the character, but regenerates the show for the next generation of young people coming through. I think that's an important thing to remember with Jodie's era, and it's something I look forward to with this new era. And sometimes that means that when it changes a little bit, maybe it's not quite for you. But that doesn't mean you still can't enjoy it, and it doesn't mean you can't find your way into it. You, you just have to be open to things being different so anyway uh, maybe we'll have to get uh, Rove in again maybe early in the new year and we can uh, discuss all these uh, hectic changes that are just coming up out of nowhere uh, th- this one also has your suggestions and thoughts uh, I put the question out before we started recording and a lot of you sent through some really interesting stuff so we had a lot of fun recording this podcast uh, specifically because it allowed us to engage with you all more directly and we might just have to do more of these types of podcasts they're so much fun I like hearing from you Let's let's do more of this. Uh, not just Doctor Who, movies, music. Let let's really go for it in the new year. That's something to keep in mind. Uh, before we bring in Rove, a quick reminder to Melbourne friends that my solo show, Little Victories, will be appearing for one night only on the 26th of November at Comedy Republic. That's in three sleeps time, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. Anyway, there are a few tickets left and my listeners can score a discount by using the promo code podcast to save some money on your purchase. So it's my first show in Melbourne in three years and I'd love to see you there if you can make it. Head to comedy.com.au and click on my tile for more information. All right, let's bring in Rove to discuss our good friend, the Doctor. There's a lot of Doctor Who to discuss after the last Jodie Whittaker episode dropped. And already this feels like a different beast to the secrecy of the Chibnall era. And do you reckon that's a fair assumption to make this early after his final episode? Yeah, it's really interesting that almost the day, that it was the day after we did the last po- the podcast, which was... Yeah you know, just a, a quick reaction thing. Suddenly we've got, here's the new logo. Here's the new deal where it's going to be moving to Disney Plus. Yeah. And Shudi Gatwa, who will be what we now know as the 15th Doctor, yeah, is going to be, is already doing interviews and talking about the show. So obviously that was a strategic play because it wasn't like he was just booked at the last minute. He would have had that booking in America too, so very mm. clever to start working their way into that audience. Mm. And it really was, as we discussed last time, waiting for this era of the show to finish. I think a bit of respect to Jodie Whittaker leaving and and Chris Chibnall, but, but then not waiting at all. Give everyone a day to react to the episode and then boom, give them absolutely everything they need and... I know there's been a lot of negativity and well, not a lot, but some negativity and pushback on the future of Doctor Who and what it means to be taken off free television here. But I personally, and this is the first time I've gone on the record with it anywhere, I think it's great. Yeah. And I think it's the best thing for the future of this show to be on a streaming service. 
and Disney Plus is the best place for it. Yeah, I feel a little bit the same way. I I completely understand, you know, people who don't want to be spending money on a, on a new streaming side if they they're not already involved with Disney Plus. The good thing is is that's the cheapest or one of the cheapest that's mm-hmm. around. But the the thing is is that here in Australia, it wasn't like the ABC was really doing a good job by it. Yeah, let's be honest. Flux was on ABC Two, yeah, wasn't even on the main channel anymore. Yes, it's on iView. Most people probably catch it on iView, but the love had gone out of the room mm. with regards to the ABC and the show. Um, I can tell you that from us being on the inside of it, it was mm. it was tough to kind of get them to to appreciate the show. And look, I. I know this is a sweeping statement, but I'll put it out there. I would very much like to do a survey for the people who are upset at the fact that Doctor Who is leaving the ABC and going to Disney Plus. Because I would suggest if you are that adamant a fan that where am I going to get my Doctor Who? This is my favorite show and I'm outraged that it's leaving Auntie. If you are that hardcore a Doctor Who fan, that means you're into sci-fi, fantasy-type shows. Do you not have Disney Plus to watch all the Star Wars stuff and mm. Marvel stuff? Because I would feel that's in your wheelhouse. If you're not, and I would be quite surprised by that because I feel that that Venn diagram is almost a perfect circle. Yeah. But if you're not, it's worth the money because if you like Doctor Who, guess what? There's Andor, there's Mandalorian, there's She-Hulk, there's Loki... Loki was pretty much what Doctor Who could almost be in the modern era. Yeah. So there's stuff there that you will enjoy for your money to also get Doctor Who. So, and and another series on terrestrial television where ratings matter and things like that, I, I fear that Doctor Who would would be in trouble. Yes. If it's not jumping onto a streaming service in in the modern era with a rocket strapped to its back which it would for publicity uh with disney and it's still being made but it's still being made by the same people mm. it's just disney get to distribute it around the world and they'll do a damn good job of it you'll know it's on i'll tell you yeah. that for free yeah and hopefully that'll bring in uh, more money which gives it uh bigger production values which gives yeah. it more opportunity to if thrive you think you open if you open a a streaming service menu and there on the home screen sliding across of suggestions is a bunch of star wars stuff a bunch of marvel stuff and then a bunch of doctor who stuff well there's the doctor who logo next to those two iconic franchise logos i mean that's just good for doctor who right yeah yeah i think so too and, and let's uh, be honest, we all spend a fortune on merch and box sets <laughs> if you're if you're you know shaking your fist at i want i don't want doctor who to leave the abc trust me you're the same person who's spending about 70 80 dollars on those classic box sets and you can't wait for each and every one of the blu-ray seasons to come out because we've all pre-ordered them from jb hi-fi because i see it all over twitter every time a new one is announced so we're happy to spend money on things that we love, so why not? Yeah. And I, again, I think it's for the future of the show. It's the right thing to do. It's it's a breath of fresh air, and I I think it will be great long term. 
you know, people kind of forget that it's been around for a while now. Like they still refer to it as New Who, but it's New Who is getting long in the tooth. And so it needs yeah. something to shake it up a little bit and remind it people. Needs, that it, it needs it billboards. It needs, yeah. you know, uh, bus shelters. It needs, you know, to be in a pre-roll of a YouTube video. There's, a, there's an ad for something. It needs to be constantly coming up in your... Uh, social media feeds at the next D23 when they're announcing all the next three to five years of projects in the Marvel Star Wars universe. Well, guess what? They can do that with Doctor Who now. We were a month out. We were a week out from the power of the Doctor, Jodie's Regeneration episode, and we didn't know anything. Well, what As are you we talking mentioned. about? And then when we... it was out, it's like, well, unless you're following them on, on Instagram, the average person walking the street wouldn't know. They might not even be aware that Doctor Who's still on air. We... And that's an important thing. Well, we forgot that it was on. Yeah. Like, there, there were four podcasts that week. And the reason there were four podcasts that week is not because I'd planned to produce four. It was because, holy shit, Doctor Who's on. We better get a you know a reactionary podcast out yeah and uh you know we recorded that pretty late on the the monday night to make sure that that was available so you know that said that tells you something was wrong with the way it was being promoted and distributed and were people that look out for it yeah and you know more people were talking about house of dragon house of dragons than were talking about doctor who that were on the same time and i realized they're you know they have they have um, surprisingly House of House of Dragons has a slightly broader or larger audience I guess mm. than Doctor Who, um, but geez Doctor Who should be talked about in the same breath. It shouldn't be seen as something that's like oh is that still on? Like it's a, it's still a very vibrant show. One thing I will say, there's a lot of positives for the Chris Chibnall era, mm. and one of them for me was you know it looked good. It looked like it should be on there with the those HBO type shows, mm. um, and I and when um, the woman who fell to Earth, the first Jodie Whittaker episode came out, we were promoting Whovians, and I kept saying to people, if you're if you're one of those people who watch Game of Thrones, watch watch Doctor Who now because mm. it, it looks like it's got money behind it. It it's you know it's widescreen, mm. it's got it's got production values, and it was a great reset. I thought you know they didn't concentrate too much on all of the the back canon you could just come in and sort of enjoy the show for what it was so i think just the fact that they held their cards close to their chest with promotion didn't help what was in many respects a really good run with jodie whittaker and i think unfortunately she'll be looked at as 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 kind of getting short shrift when it came to you know not great scripts or promotion or things like that she is the longest serving actor of the modern era in the role longer than david tennant mm. um i mean he'll beat that pretty soon but yeah yeah um you know you you forget that yeah it's uh we, we should rip into uh, the tribunal era because uh, i feel like most Doctor Who seasons, we uh, the majority of people will probably appreciate it more now that it's over. And uh, I had a bit of time mm. to rewatch The Power of the Doctor and go back over uh, just uh, key episodes from uh, previous seasons. But looking back at that finale, it it felt like a a bit of a shout out to the '80s era of Doctor Who that doesn't really get a lot of love. 
And uh, I, I really appreciated that about the finale. I actually enjoyed it even more the second time around. Uh, which Doctor were you most thrilled to see get a shot back on the show in that finale? Oh, no question, Colin Baker. Yeah. I think people forget how important or may not be aware of how important and how impacting it is that he was in there. Um, the For the 20th anniversary, they did the Big Five Doctors special, yeah. although there was really only three Doctors in it because the first Doctor, William Hartnell, had passed away. So as we've, as we've had, again, a new actor played the role. Tom Baker refused to come back. He was mm. one, one of the surviving Doctors but refused to come back. And for a long, long time, he didn't want anything to do with Doctor Who. Mm. So they had to use old clips from an unfinished episode to get him in and the photo photo call for yeah. the 20th anniversary special was his wax figure from yeah. Adam Dussorts. So <laughs> you forget that there was that rift. Similarly with uh, Christopher Eccleston, didn't, and who knows, may still never come back. He's doing big finish audio and that's a good first step, but we'll see. But Colin Baker, he was there towards the end of the classic run in the 80s. The BBC did not love the show anymore. They wanted to toss it aside, and and he was collateral damage, unfortunately. So he was kind of thrown out before he really got a chance to see what his character could do. And so he always had a bad taste in his mouth over his experience because it was put on him. And then things like Doctor Who magazine would do their... You know, it's it's 50 years of Doctor Who. We're going to rate every episode ever from best to worst according to fans. Let us know. And a lot of Colin's episodes ended up... At, the Twin Dilemma was voted the worst episode in the history of Doctor Who, one of Colin's episodes. And he got really offended by that, as he should, because he's like, mm. you're judging me and my Doctor on the quality of the show when no one cared about it anymore. The BBC didn't even want it on air anymore. How, how can you rate me on that and you're shitting on my time as the Doctor? Mm. So he didn't want anything to do with Doctor Who. He did do Big Finish because he appreciated Big Finish and then Big F he didn't even come back for his regeneration episode. Yeah. They just put a wig on Sylvester McCoy. So when Big Finish did Colin Baker's regeneration episode as an audio adventure doctor who magazine said well we'd love to promote it and put you on the cover and he said i won't do it i won't talk to anyone from doctor who magazine i'll only talk to nicholas briggs who's one of the he's the voice of the daleks and one of the yeah. people behind big finish he can do the interview that's how much colin did not like the doctor who franchise he loved the role. He loved his time in there. He just felt like he had not been uh, given his uh, a fair a fair crack at it in mm. the time gone by. So to see him back actually on air in Doctor Who is massive. I don't yeah. people I don't think people can understand how huge it is to see him on screen reprising the role of the Doctor. So that for me warmed both of my hearts. Yeah, it was nice, wasn't it? Knowing all that stuff, uh, you know, in the background. And uh, also the, all of those guys were, you know, they did the five-ish Doctors, which was uh, yes. a lot of fun. But to see them in the main story for a big centenary, you know, celebration. Well, that's the other great. thing we forget. We were talking about it being a Jodie Whittaker send-off. Mm. So it was a regeneration episode, but it was also everyone will talk about 
the the Diamond Jubilee, the 60th next year. This was also celebrating 100 years of the BBC. Mm. So to put classic era doctors in there makes absolute sense. But again, that was kind of lost in the promotion that this was going to be on an epic scale. The Master, Cybermen, Daleks, and a classic series uh, companions and classic series doctors. That's massive. This actually had more actual doctors in it than any other multi-doctor story ever. <laughs> yeah. And it was great. And it was so much fun. It was fun. great. Yes. Uh, one of the things I really appreciated looking back on uh, Jodie Whittaker's seasons is that the, the her version of the Doctor felt more like an archaeologist digging up the past. And, you know, she was always finding things and really enjoying the discovery of them, you know, or finding out new information on stuff that she wasn't privy to. And uh, with that in mind, does that kind of make you look at the Timeless Child storyline with a bit more affection? Because that was her kind of, it kind of was a little bit more in fitting with that overall arc of her discovering new stuff all the time. Hmm. I, I, I mentioned it on our last podcast and I was right. There was no mention of timeless child, timeless yeah. children at all. Yeah. When you first see the, the kid on the train at the start of the episode, you know, my first thought was the master's going to be in there when it wasn't him and you see the kid, you're like, oh, my God, timeless child, here we go. Yeah. No, not mentioned. There's a line from Yaz when they're trying to track where this child goes, and especially when you see it chained up powering a planet, you go, well, they're drawing off the regeneration energy. Mm. And Yaz did say uh, we, that they're tracking the child, but that was it. But at no point, it was also very cleverly scripted. At no point did the doctor have time to question, well, well, what is this thing? Because she immediately went, oh, there's a cloaking field on it. I'll just use my sonic and see what it really is. Mm. There was no chance for her to do that miraculous, wondrous, what is it? I don't, I don't know. Because the first answer would be, or suggestion would be, it's the timeless child. This could, this could be it. Mm. So... The fact that there was no reference to that says to me, we can just forget that even existed. I would much prefer that it just sits there now. Everything from the timeless child to division. Remember all that division stuff? Mm. To how many doctors came before our doctor, if any. Is the doc, if, even if there is a timeless child, is it actually the doctor or not? And the fugitive doctor, where does she fit in? We did see her, but it was a hologram. Mm. None of that was ever explained. None of that was ever wrapped up. And I am so thankful because now the only reason that exists is because it came out of the master's mouth. So you can just say, oh, that was the master talking shit. He's just talking smack to the doctor because that's what he likes to do. Stare her in the eye and say, this is the last day of your existence. He talks a big talk. Mm. So that having disappeared i think was actually quite helpful it does mean that you know i think it was indicative of there wasn't much to wrap up jody's era mm. because it was all kind of hinging on this one thing that they didn't wrap up but that was okay because we had all these other things but yeah to get back to your point i think you know jody's character was that sort of childlike wonder mm. and and i think that's 
that's what I really liked about her doctor. She didn't ha- necessarily have all the answers, you know. It'll be interesting to see because David Tennant's always been that sort of swashbuckling superhero of a doctor. Um, and, you know, Matt Smith became the most famous man in the universe. Mm. So it, it will be... It was a nice, I think, change of identity for the Doctor to have this wonderful, you're my fam, we're all in this together, let's eat ice creams and watch the sunset. Um, that kind of attitude, I think, worked really well for this incarnation. I really enjoyed it. She was one of my favourite incarnations of, of the Doctor. Yeah, I've uh, I, going back over some of the episodes, uh, I, I realised that I enjoyed them a lot more uh, on the re-watch. And, but, but, so... Because of the 80s Doctors coming back and I was, you know, looking at some stuff from the 80s and something that stood out to me was, and I'm sure hardcore Doctor Who fans will know exactly what I'm talking about, uh, but the Cartmel master plan, which was the backstory that I, I think it was script editor Andrew Cartmel and writers mm-hmm. Ben Aronovich and Mark Platt were going to reintroduce, uh, were trying to implement to reintroduce some mystery into the backstory of the Doctor. And I was wondering if that's kind of what the Timeless Child was attempting to do. Possibly. Was to, to yeah, kind that of, was a lot of because, Seventh Doctor. Yeah, because um, she, Matt Smith was the most famous man in the universe. Yeah. And so I, I wonder if that was Chibnall's way of trying to do his version. Yeah, and and you you, you can't... Be in charge of Doctor Who as a as a showrunner, as a head writer, script editor, whatever it is, without taking a big swing. You, 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 the reason why everybody gets mad at, you know, that's not canon, is because someone has to write the canon. You yeah. know, um, we didn't we didn't know that the Doctor was even an alien when we first met him. Mm. Two hearts didn't come up till like the third doctor regeneration mm. was not even a, a thing um time lords all of this has been brought in with subsequent people who have been in charge of the show so at some point you kind of have to leave a footprint and yeah. if not for the timeless child love it hate it if not for that what would chris chibnall's addition have been to um to the canon of Doctor Who. Mm. So you kind of have to have a something in there because they did try that. They were trying to, with the seventh Doctor, trying to get him a bit darker, a bit more mysterious. That was some of the stuff that came up with him and Ace. He was he was quite manipulative with her because she had this connection to a villain and she was kind of being used as a, a bit of a pawn in a yeah. game of chess with, with this villainous Fenric character. So that was kind of leading to a bit of friction between them and her almost being used as a a bit of a, a manipulative tool by him. And mm. that was where they would have gone. And when they made that decision, he even started dressing with a darker coat to sort mm. of be a bit indicative of that. Even Colin Baker wanted to come back. He, want, he wanted to have his coat be black, like mm. basically what Christopher Eccleston dressed in. Yeah. So, yeah, that idea of let's let's make this character mysterious not abrasive and aloof like capaldi's doctor was mm. but just yeah what what is the story here rather than the the matt smith's most famous person in in the universe yeah um i think it did bring some of the mystery back and chibnall was just saying hey we've always said everyone says the doctor's from gallifrey who says yeah. who says 
well, what if she? What if she wasn't? What if the doctor was from somewhere else? Why can't we just throw that out as an option? Absolutely, shows like this only exist with people saying, "Why not?" Yeah. Well, you know, maybe someone will come back to it later. You know, there's, uh, you, you know, the, in in the Marvel universe, for the majority of people, the Avengers: Age of Ultron was the movie that everyone was a bit eh, out of all the Avengers movies. Who gives a shit? And the way everything was subsequently written afterwards, that turns out to be one of the most important movies. So, you know, maybe someone yes. else will come along and, you know, do something with The Timeless Child. You know, maybe they could do something like uh, they did with Ryan Gosling's character in Blade Runner 2049, where he's gets to a point where he's convinced that he might be the son of Harrison Ford and uh, and the replicant Rachel, and it turns out that he's not. You know, so maybe there could be something where yeah. she wonders if she's the timeless child, but maybe, maybe the doctor was never the timeless child. Maybe the doctor was someone That's completely right. different. You know, you can still kind of have that storyline and do something interesting with it. And, you know, maybe Dr. Ruth is actually from the future. You know, maybe she's the 15th doctor. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's still the only reason why, um, and I did think it was nice. I hadn't I hadn't picked it up first time round when Yaz sees um, the Ruth Doctor. Yes, she she's because you forget. Yes, yeah, all the conversations about I am you. I'm the Doctor. Here's my TARDIS. Let's go on a journey. Or you know, flashbacks to when they were um, trying to get the 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 Ravagers. Um, all that was just the doctor. It was the doctor yeah. and the fugitive Ruth doctor. There was no, no one else around to see that. Yeah. So I think it was important just to take note that Yaz was like, oh, last time I saw you, you were a tour guide in Sheffield. Because <laughs> yeah. right, you go, yeah, actually she wasn't aware of, yeah. of that character. So yeah, who's to say that, you know, it's all just memory stuff that, you know, the doctor's so all over the shop. Why not? You know? And I think, I think we, as fans like to have things categorized, I will mm. put my Doctor Who figures in numerical order of, of when they've come. And where do you put that fugitive Doctor figure? I don't know. But um, maybe that's a way of Chris Chibnall just also trying to say, just don't get too caught up in it. You know, this is an interesting character who's got an interesting backstory. And yeah, it suddenly creates an air of mystery, but like you say, still stump somewhere else to go, somewhere else to explore, um, without it having to be too personal. It's it's not what's the doctor's name. Yes. It now becomes was there a timeless child? Let's find out. It doesn't even really have to be directly with the doctor or not. Yeah. Um, and if you don't go back there, it's not like this screaming. But what about Susan, the doctor's granddaughter? Was she the granddaughter or not the granddaughter? Yeah. And will we ever find... He said he would come back. Will he ever come back? If the timeless child never comes up again, I don't think it's going to be this thing that's constantly screaming in fandom's ear for the rest of time. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, you know, it's it's like there's been some extra toys thrown in the toy box and you can pick them out if you want. And it's okay yeah. if you don't. Yeah. You know, you can... It, it, the character's been around for so long. It's it's like all characters that have been around for a long time. Like Superman's been around for a long time. There's an issue of Superman where he creates a, a miniature version of himself out of his hand and then he gets jealous 
because everyone likes the miniature <laughs> version more than yes. him. Guess what? You can ignore that if you just like the Zack Snyder Superman, or you can ignore yeah. that if you just like the Christopher Reeve Superman. You can ignore that if you just like the TV Superman, or you can think, fuck it, that's a part of the continuity because I like that bit because the character's been around for so long, it's malleable. So you can do what you want with it. Yeah. The... um yeah. I think the yeah, Jim- post post death of Superman, there were four new Supermen that were that were put into the mix. That you know, one of them was made from his own DNA. Yes. So you know, that's it's a and then after that, you go well, which which is the original and and who deserves to to earn the title? Um, so similarly with this, which was kind of to get back to the episode, I'm still trying to work out what the point of the Masters forced regeneration was mm. um again there's they did a, i think a good thing of at least pointing to there was a forced regeneration reference where he said you know the time lords have done that to you before which was what happened for uh, the second doctor to get become the third mm-hmm. um trout and pertwee and then he did a little you know they've done that once before maybe more than that but who knows certainly not you which was just a little nod to we have sort of been referencing that there's a lot of regenerations that possibly you don't know about, Doctor. Mm. But it was done in a way that was a, a, a at least pointing out we haven't f- completely erased all this stuff. Yeah. But neither are we going to directly address it. So it was just sort of hovering there. But his idea of I'm going to turn myself into you, but I'm still going to look like me, and I'm just going to go out and do bad things and say to everybody, well, I'm the Doctor, and just kind of, tarnish your good name i couldn't help but think well couldn't you could just put on the costume and and do like what's the difference you saying i am the doctor makes no difference because you still look like you the master if it was the master's consciousness going into the doctor's body so it still looks like the doctor that was as a plan (laughs) was a very complex way to go i'm just going to go out and troll you in around the universe um I, I, again, second time around taking that in, and I was went, no, nah, just makes no sense that. Great it, that he got to wear the ultimate fanboy costume yeah, with all the, you know, the Seventh Doctor's uh, vest and the Fourth Doctor's scarf and the Fifth Doctor's celery and everything else. But apart from that, I couldn't quite understand what the point of doing that was. Well, I, I think they missed a uh, – that, that to me is the, the main miss of that episode, which was an opportunity for both actors to play the other one. So I'd like to have yes. seen Tony Whitaker play Swap. the master and I'd like to have seen, uh, you know, the actor play the doctor, but in their, you know, in their own bodies not swapping. Yeah, that would have been fantastic. You know, that watch, would have been fantastic. Yeah, watch Jodie Whittaker be evil. Watch her be, you know, like, and I think that psychologically mm. would have been worse for Yaz. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, there was something about the fact that she's saying, well, you're not the Doctor, because look at you, you're quite clearly the master in a costume. Yeah. And he's like, but I am the Doctor. But even the way he was behaving, it's like, no, you're still behaving like the master. I don't, all I see is the master in a different costume. I don't yeah. see how this is the doctor but anyway why didn't he just break into the tardis and steal her wardrobe <laughs> i don't know there's a lot of as a the, the master's plans are never great i did enjoy um i picked up on it first time but we didn't mention it last time um the reference to 
the Master's Dalek plan being a play on the Dalek's Master Plan as a, yeah. as an episode title, much like we'd have before with Genesis of the Cybermen with the John Sim Master referencing Genesis of the Daleks. Yeah. So all those little nods are great if you get them, and if you don't, then fine. Yeah, and it just moves along. That, that's how Easter eggs should uh, work, yeah. I reckon. Um, in some ways, I reckon yes. the Tribunal era is underrated because it was... People forget that it was a brand new show that welcomed a new audience. And in many ways, it calls back to the classic era when the show was made on the fly without worrying about servicing a convoluted history. And I, I think one of the strengths of the Whitaker era is that this is a doctor who is finally not dealing with post-traumatic stress and actually embraces the moment by trying to learn at every step. And I think this is why her regeneration scene resonated with me in that she's kind of learned her lessons and she's ready to move on. And I think that's quite different to all the previous versions of the Doctor who all seem a bit sad that they're moving on. She's a bit, oh, well, I've had my time. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's at- done, it's not done in that shaking your fist and yelling to the heavens kind of way that's been done before. Yeah. Um, it's It's just in that very sad kind of... Um, blossomiest blossom type of way of yeah. I know my end is coming I wish it didn't but I'm going to, I'm going to do it with uh grace yeah and um and I thought uh, again watching it this time around because you know first time around you're kind of looking at all right this is it it's happening we're getting towards the end every you know as I was saying last time you kind of got to tick the box of all right okay so Yaz isn't is going to leave and then she'll then she'll she'll need to be by herself right because Yaz isn't going to be around for the regeneration and and the changing of the face so this is going to be their goodbye are they going to say I love you or do anything there no are we going to um yeah then what's her final line where's she going to end up all that kind of stuff. It was nice to just sit and watch it this time and appreciate mm. it this time, not trying to um, deconstruct it in any way. Mm. And it was, I can't believe I didn't take this in first time around. It was so beautiful. And the two of them almost felt like it was the two of them saying goodbye to each other for real. Mm. It was Jodie Whittaker and Mandip Gill saying goodbye to each other. The tears in their eyes just felt so real to me. It was one of the most beautiful send-offs I think Doctor Who has ever done for a yeah. Doctor. Um, it'll be interesting to see moving forward. It feels like ever since, well, Eccleston's was, was pretty quick, but ever since then we've had these long, drawn-out regeneration goodbyes. So what was one line has now become, become a monologue and, you know, it becomes more and more and more where you don't just get, you know, killed and and die mm. you slowly slowly start to die and slowly slowly the and then until the moment of regeneration so you have a chance to plan i would like to see and maybe we can do it because we've seen tenant before the idea of tenant into shooty gatwa hopefully can be like a really cool one of my all-time favorites is uh sylvester mccoy to paul mcgann the doctor right. lands in uh, San Francisco, <laughs> yeah. he there's a, a street gang there that were after someone else. He just walks out the TARDIS and they just gun him down. Yeah. I know technically he dies on the operating table later on, but the idea that what sends him there is he just, wrong place, wrong time, he just gets shot. He yeah. locks the door of the TARDIS, turns around, gets mowed down by bullets. One of my all-time favourites because it's, 
It's just so every day for what the doctor does, that's probably what's going to happen. You just trip and fall and die or you cop a glancing bullet or something. It's not part of some grandiose adventure. So um, it was a wonderful send-off for Jody, but I I like the idea that in, in future we can just get get them to be, you know, a little bit more how some people, I don't, you know, the doctor just getting hit by a, a spaceship or something, <laughs> a meteor <laughs> crashes or something. Yeah. The, uh, you know, uh, Jodie was, uh, you know, she was gentle and she was full of wonder, but she had her flaws as well. She was negligent with her responsibilities towards the fam a lot of the time. Like sometimes they just needed a simple explanation and, you know, maybe they would have been in a much calmer state going into things. And, uh, you know, she kind of, um, she she's weirdly uh, childlike in the way she moves on as well. It's like, okay, moving on you know not thinking about it too much so you know she kind of came to term with terms with all of those things and then she goes off by herself to uh, have this moment and then and then she becomes this new doctor what what would you like to see this new doctor dealing with in the immediate future as in for our david Tennant mark two yeah i would i would like to see I'd like to see a bit more of that um, connecting with the people that you're traveling with. Because like you say, there was, you know, this idea of you're my fam, but then also I can't tell you this and I can't tell you that. Mm. Um, One of the things about the Sea Devils episode that didn't sit right with me was when uh, the Doctor and Yaz were kind of confessing their love to each other. And the doctor saying, well, I can't, you know, you'll be long gone while I'm still here. And, you know, so we we, we can't really get together. So let's enjoy the now. To me, it would be, well, if you enjoy the now, then just go for it. Start kissing and, and you know, pretend there's no tomorrow then. You yeah. know, I'm not saying yeah. you have to have a long-term relationship, but just whatever's in there, get it out of your system yeah. and understand that there's just no strings attached. Yeah, like a like an amazing one night stand. So it was this sort of weird juxtaposition that didn't quite hold true with with this doctor. It was like you're my fam, we're in this together, but what are we doing? Can't tell you, won't tell you. Sometimes like she wouldn't share all of that stuff. That's you know, I don't think any of the so called fam have any idea about the time of the shot. Any mm. idea that she maybe is like she has to deal with. I might not be who I think I am. I mm. might, like, like someone who's lived their entire life suddenly finding out, you know, in their in adult, in their adult years that they're adopted or something. Like everything that you think you know about yourself has completely been up upended. Um, she was dealing with that and never told any of them at yeah. all. So it would be nice to think that this could get back to having that connection mm. and but still also being a bit bit more open you know that it, that allow that to go both ways as we saw with with um tenant and the um Catherine Tate's Donna Noble in the past you know, I'm just looking for a mate yeah. you know we can we can have this adventure we know what the boundaries are let's go in I'll help you you help me and away we go uh would be good so that they're not yeah, you know, for a lot of a lot of the times, it's like a, a teacher pupil thing. Yeah. Um, 
I like the idea of there sort of being equals, but not in that, you know, Clara becomes, you know, Capaldi's equal towards mm. the end. I don't I don't want any of that. Uh, I like seeing companions being able to fly the TARDIS a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, you sit there going, oh, can I, you know, it's helpful in case you get stuck. But I don't want them, again, becoming too too powerful in you know you you're, you're a travel companion yeah you're not you i don't want them to become the boss but um yeah to have a bit of warmth between the doctor and and the companions without what i felt like was just i can't explain things to you because from a script point of view it's too difficult yeah, <laughs> or it doesn't yeah. make sense yeah so even graham saying oh she's still not telling you what's going on was at least them acknowledging we know we've done this so that's yeah. okay but yeah moving forward it would be nice to sort of have a bit more level level sort of playing field i wonder if uh you know the, the we've had it in the storylines before that the doctor takes on certain types of faces for certain reasons and maybe there's um you know if this is actually a new incarnation of the doctor which looks like david Tennant, so maybe mm. there is uh you know, maybe the Doctor has to reconcile that side of their vanity before they can move on. Yeah, or their I feel hubris. my my uh, only taken. You know, the thing is, you're you're transitioning from you know one showrunner to the next. So it's mm. like you've packed up all your stuff and you've cleared your desk, and the next person comes through and continues on. So, however it ended into wherever we are now. I feel that there would be a little bit of discussion as to, okay, what are we dealing with here? But it feels to me that we've got one of two things. Knowing what we know, it's all these doctors that were on the edge of, um, what was it, eternity? Is that what it was? Yeah. With the, Sitting on the cliff oh, there yeah. yep. by, the, by, the, by the phone lines. Um the ones that didn't want to to pass on or had difficulty passing on uh, are all still waiting. Had 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 been sitting there. So, who is the worst of the ones that have difficulty passing over? Is the one who, for better or worse, has the infamous "I don't want to go." Line. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Mm. And with the master doing the forced regeneration, maybe it's pulled back one of the stronger-willed I don't want to go personalities and faces, which mm. brings back 
this incarnation. So even though it's the 14th, it's it's using all of the mannerisms of what was number 10. Mm. I think, I know there's been a bit of discussion about the stubble, David Tennant's stubble, mm. but that to me is trying to show we're not, we're not pretending that this is his same face. Mm. You see um, David Bradley as the first doctor. We are all pretending this is William Hartnell. Yeah. We're all pretending that he is the exact same guy who did it in 1963. I don't think that's what they're trying to pretend to do here. So it could yeah. be, you know, like they acknowledged with Peter Davison's character, oh, you look a bit older. Yes. Yeah. He does. So yeah. I think that's what they're trying to do here. So that's the first part. The second part being, it seems like, without wanting to go into spoiler territory too much, but we do know Neil Patrick Harris is playing a particular character for these next three episodes for the 60th. And it could be the the theory behind who that character could be is partly responsible for bringing this version of the doctor out because it's this huge i mean you got to look at it's the 60th it's going to be a massive adventure it's going to be a huge universal shaking uh, danger that the doctor has to overcome so maybe it's something in this version of the doctor needs to be back to help fix it so somewhere in between those two i think is is the reason why we see this version of him and i don't think just his face i think mm. it's that incarnation coming back this isn't just like i've regenerated back into this face because i like this face which we've seen mm. with david Tennant's character before yeah uh before we get to some of the questions that i threw out to our listeners um just to sum up on jodie whittaker I, I feel like in the end uh, this doctor was a perfect ideal for an imperfect time she chose to be optimistic and positive even when everything was falling around about her her sense of awe when meeting the what was it the quarants or however yeah, you pronounce it yeah yeah that's kind of the perfect yeah yeah that was kind of the perfect encapsulation of her for me you know oh i've heard about these things oh my god this i'm now i'm seeing one i love that mm. i think my favorite episode looking back on it was the episode it takes you away when she came face to face with that you know that the frog the frog i just feel like the, 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 the yeah i feel like that was perfect for her um her run and uh, kind of the, what kind of caught the best uh, ideals of the character. And I, I kind of like, uh, and I hope it's more adventure of the unknown than savior of the universe from here. That's oh, what yes, I'm hoping. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. You'd hate to think that the doctor ever gets jaded. And yeah. that was one of the great things about Jodie's doctor. I loved, I mean, it'd be hard to pick, I will always remember the haunting of Villa Diodati when she put on the big hat and she was like, just just that, always that child is like, oh, no matter what's going on, she put on a hat and go, oh, I love a hat, love a plume. Yeah. Um, and uh, and similarly, the Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror. Yes. And she was just f- fangirling over Nikola Tesla. Yeah. And, you know, there was a little bit of chemistry between the two of them. So every time she would get excited about meeting this person from history like that was always great for the amount of times that she would name drop of all the doctors we brought this up on Hoovians. she was the biggest name dropper of them all all of the yeah. people that she would say that she's met so when she would get to meet rosa parks and when she would get to meet nicholas tesla she was always so excited to meet them 
that sense of wonder and that sense of of excitement at what the universe holds and for all you've seen there's still so much you have to experience is a really wonderful element that I will always remember this doctor for and I hope we find moving forward yeah and uh, and you know like uh, when you look back on it sequentially makes a lot of sense off the back of Capaldi's run as well oh, yes. I think I think the two uh, you know the two eras probably get short shrift for a number of reasons but Interestingly, I think they probably uh, bounce off each other quite well. Yeah, and and also for where we were at with uh, casting our first female actor mm. was always going to get a lot of publicity and a lot of eyeballs, more importantly. Mm. Um, so Chris Chibnall making a very measured uh, decision to not bring back any um, pre-existing monsters. You don't have to know what a... Zygon is or a mm. Sontaran is in that first season. It's all new monsters. So both you and the Doctor are going, oh, my gosh, watch this. Who are mm. you? And with that comes, again, that sense of wonder. I think it was important to have, uh, and, and not because of her gender, but because of the new audience that, that this casting brings in, Mm. Suddenly, there's an interest in. Oh, okay. Let's see how this works. Mm. I th I feel you're right. You needed a character who was not who was not sitting around going. I know how everything works. Mm. I've got all the answers. You needed rather than the companions to be the avatars for the audience. You kind of for the first time ever needed the Doctor to be that avatar for the audience to go. This is amazing. Who are you? Wow. Let's dive in and find out together. Yeah. And, so I think uh, it was a great. I think it was a really a really great thing that they they did, and um, yeah. So the, the way it was planned out, I could see how those three the three Jody seasons, full seasons, um, were a really great plan. First one, no returning monsters. Two, we start getting some of uh, a recurring plot. How much of that we came back to or not is probably not so important, but the return of the master and things like that. Yeah. And then getting into Flux, which was like one season with a continuous storyline, I thought was really well planned out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, now uh, we've got Russell T Davies coming back. Uh, there are things that haven't been touched on with the universe is kind of being rebuilt after the Flux situation. Uh, we yeah, don't quite we didn't know. get it into that. That's time you know, is a planet. Remember that time is time, a planet. Yeah, um, so, a, a conscious planet, and um, the vanquishers. Gosh, I hope we see them again now. Yeah. Crystal-headed friends with their amazing sartorial sense. Yeah, I was hoping we would get a little flash of them, but um, you know, we had the lone Cyberman, we had the the Daleks, we had our Cybermasters. Yeah. Um, plus the companions and plus uh, the old doctors. That's probably enough. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to overstuff yourself. And hopefully it's they're two characters that I do hope someone like a Russell T Davies at some point would bring back. I know sometimes your ego would say, no, I, I can do all this myself, thank you. I'll bring back some of my characters that I invented. Mm. I think those, uh, the Ravishers, um, could really be some fun characters to to bring back because i will say this that's the other part of what chris Ch chibnall did like you know the the tim shaw stenza warrior with teeth in his face and yeah you know so many you know the uh, i forget what they were but the ones that had the um 
the fingers that detached and went floating into people's yeah. ears to create nightmares. Um, yeah, he created a whole bunch of new characters. We've got dog, a, a race of talking dog people. Yeah. Um, a lot of fun toys have been left in, in the play area for someone else to pick up and have a good time with. And I hope at some point they do. Yeah, some of them would be great to see uh, be brought back and reworked. Um, I threw some questions out to the listeners of the yes. podcast and have some. So I've got uh, questions for you, but I'll give you the listeners' responses first to give you a bit of thinking sure. time. So uh, the the last four questions I had for you. Let's start with number one. Uh, which doctor would you like to see in new adventures? And some of the responses were Matt, who he. He answered every question and gave us some good ones. He'd love to see uh, McGann get more screen time and uh, Rachel, Monica, Isaac and Taylor all wanted to see more of number nine. And But uh, Taylor is also saying, Shooty, really excited to see the new Doctor as well. Yeah, and again, I applaud Russell T Davies. One of the first things he's done is is put the teaser trailer out for what will be the the three episode run you know here we were going what's even happening for Jody's regeneration for this so-called centenary special and nobody knew and here we are a year out it won't be till the november of next year and we've already seen a whole bunch of very exciting teaser clips for yeah. what will happen including the very important shooty gutwa image of him yeah. looking like he's in I've just regenerated. He's got the shirt and tie that looks like what Tenet's wearing. Yeah. It seems like his, it's his regeneration shot of going, what the hell's going on, to say, he's coming, don't yeah. panic. Yeah. And he's the one doing the press for Doctor Who, not David Tennant. Yeah. It really is, we are not overlooking the fact that our very real next Doctor, Shudi Gatwa, is coming and mm. has taken on that mantle Maybe not officially as yet, but certainly out in the the world of publicity, he's he's not doing. I can't talk about it now. So that's something I'm also very excited about. I think he's going to be great, and like a lot of other people, it would be wonderful to get a McGann series at some point. Just a one-off eight-episode run. Every time he comes back, he just yeah, he's only been in one telly movie, a short seven minute webisode and now an appearance in a special yeah and yet he just feels like as much of a doctor as anybody else for such a long time he felt like he was an imposter he didn't deserve to sort of be on the list of of other doctors but i think an adventure a, a series of adventures with him would be absolutely tremendous i would love to see it how about uh this for an idea and uh how about like a uh maybe maybe a seven part series and it's uh got one villain but each episode is a different doctor so we get oh, each one each doctor gets getting to be it from the, getting it from the villain's point of view that's yeah. cool so you see the doctor leaving messages for each subsequent doctor to be able to thwart that villain well, yeah, because it's interesting because you're looking, we, we, we always watch it from the doctor's point of view. Looking at this adventure we just had, we're in 1916, we're in 2022, we're on different planets. Yeah. And yet the the master is trying to outdo this version of the doctor when you go, well, you could 
go back in time and you know attack one of the other incarnations of the doctor so this one doesn't even exist yeah um you know like go do that so to see it from whether it's i mean the master would make the most sense but we have set up some of these other villains along the way you, you know there's there's certainly I, I think daleks wouldn't be it because you need someone to drive that narrative mm. um but you could bring back like michelle gomez as, as missy would be wonderful to see um and what another really fun thing to do again because if you're saying we're not rewriting canon or anything like that we're just going to do a little almost you know i like the idea of if it's on disney now with uh russell's mad wolf productions behind it you could do spin-off series similar to what the star wars crew do if you mm. care about boba fett you can take that on board as that's official canon or you can choose to just go uh, no mm. up to you you know it's, it's the same as what doctor who does with big finish and the comic books and the novelizations there's a lot of stuff out there and you don't have to take it all in but geez it would be good to do a one-off series of modern uh, like not not modern but as in with modern production values mm. for the third doctor where sean yeah. pertwee who's yeah. the son of john if you have seen him in costume he did it for halloween one year at the age he's at now looks exactly like his dad the fact that it, he is the son of yeah means it's kind of acceptable yeah i would love to see that him in full you know james bond action hero mode yeah. Where he's, you know, on hovercraft and jumping out of helicopters and and doing all the the, you know, Venusian Aikido. Yeah, all of that stuff would be great to see in 2022 or moving forward. Yeah, I, I'm totally up for that. I'm totally up for a little eight part series here, yeah. a one off, you know, a one off Halloween special. Or with... like you're saying, you could just have one episode where he's playing that third Doctor against whatever the villain is. Yeah. Yeah, it could be fun to see a villain being constant who has this master plan to take that the Doctor and keeps getting thwarted through the generations yeah, by yeah. each subsequent version. So I think that would be fun. Uh, good, uh, good answers there from everyone. Uh, also, let's look. Let's also just say you could do it with animation, and then you don't have to get too upset about who's playing a role or not. It can just be voiced, oh, yeah. and it's a little less controversial. You yeah, know, well, you, can you do could, whatever you want. Well, you could do like a, an animated instead of what if you could have you know Doctor Who apocrypha, and it's the stories that people tell of the Doctor, and you know that you get away with you know, stories from other people, you know, from other people's perspectives of what they encountered with the mm. doctor and, you know, are they true yeah. or not? Well, they're apocrypha. They're up to you. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so then I asked, which companion would you like to see spun into their own show? So some really good answers here. Isaac would like a river song series. Yeah. Uh, Alison Lowe. Hello, Alison in, uh, in Adelaide. Uh, she she would love some more five-ish doctors. Um, <laughs> she would also she also suggested adventures of Jamie McCrimmon having his memories returned and what would well, that be yes. like? Yes, that was part of the forced regeneration. Was those companions got their their minds erased? Yeah, uh, I think a River Song one would be great. I love Alex Kingston yeah. because she's a space archaeologist. You know, that's almost writes itself with what she could be up to and doesn't need to have the Doctor in it at all. No. no. Um, one of my favourite pairings of companions is um, Ben and Polly, who are sort of between the first and 
and crossed over into the second Doctors. I thought they were really great together. Um, uh, the you know the 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 actors. Um, I don't know if Michael Craze is still alive, but um, uh, yeah, that uh, that would certainly be a great a great pair. Um, I heard Anique Wills who played um, Polly was inv- I think was invited to be part of the um, support group for old companions, but couldn't make it on the day of filming. So, right. she's, but but clearly they're much older than their characters. So maybe you'd have to go someone a little b- bit more modern day. Well, I'd um, like to see Riversong and Vinder, you know, kind yeah. of, because I, for some reason, I just like that character, even though he hasn't really done a lot, but I, I feel like there's a lot. I think that actor's really charismatic. And I would love to see a Dan and Carvanista t- two, two hander. Yep. Yeah. Dan and his dog mate just squabbling like well, a that, buddy cop movie. Well, you could almost make that, like, this is the thing. Like, they don't all have to be Doctor Who-esque adventures. They could be, no, like, that could no. be a that could be a six-part sitcom. <laughs> Do you know it what I mean? It would be hilarious. Yeah. I would love that. Uh, Alison and Isaac also said that they would love a unit spin-off, which sounds mm. great. I feel um, that would would happen at at some point, kind of like yeah. they had with with Torchwood for a while. There, the idea of especially this idea that we're recruiting now, which makes yeah. sense, we're recruiting old companions because they've got you know such a level of what they described as freelancers, which um, my wife very much laughed all the way out loud at that idea. Yeah, um, of that term, um, that uh, it makes sense that they would use them and almost surprising that they hadn't used them in the past, but you could, you know, you could get a Jenna Coleman in there as, as Clara and people like that, you know, or again, some of these uh, actors who had played the role, you know, Katie Manning as Joe Grant. Um, I did hear back from Katie. I sent her a message to say how enjoyable it was and how good she is at keeping secrets. And she said it was a wonderful day and how much it, it means that, you know, she can, you know, this show that 60 years later can still, yeah. you can still be part of. And I did hear or read something that um, William Russell, who plays Ian, who was the one of the very first, or he was the first, um, you know, companion in, in the TARDIS with, with Barbara. Uh, him coming back onto the show is like some world record for the longest gap between episodes right. on a long-running TV series. Right. Um, but, yes, there's plenty of those characters that could drop in to Unit as well. Well, you can, you but, can have uh, your... Jimmy Redgrave as, as, as Kat uh, does, does such a great job. She well, could, yeah. She's a lead. She's a lead in a series. And, well, you know, you could bring up a whole bunch of supporting characters as well. It would be, it'd be easy. Well, you, you have a team of uh, her as the person in charge. You have the op team on the on the ground, and you have mm. the companions in the office coming up with strategies and squabbling over ideas and using their collective uh, thoughts. And mm. suddenly, it's like you remember that UK series Spooks. It's like it's like yes. that, but it's for Doctor Who. Yeah, and I might be right in thinking we still have. Uh, an Osgood out there, whether it's a Zygon one or not, yeah. who knows? But uh, but you know the, the Osgood and and Kate Stewart together worked really really nice. Osgood uh, Osgood uh, as a Zygot who is undercover. 
who's constantly changing. Well, yeah, if you if you comfortable as old good. If you, know. you lean into the idea that yeah, we are going to confirm it is the Zygon one. Yeah, then that's a great little skill to be able to have to sort of slip in and out of who she could disguise herself. Yeah. As. Um, Ryan uh, was up for more Martha. I hope Jones. you're writing all these down, Russell T. Davies. You're welcome. Yeah, mate. yeah you are welcome. <laughs> um, Ryan wants more Martha Jones adventures. Uh, Monica would like to see... Uh, I doc- don't. <laughs> I know. I, I... Ryan, I have to be honest, before we started recording... Martha and I... Mickey in their alternate reality can go stay there. Oh, yeah, not, I... not top of my list, unfortunately. Ryan, if you're listening, I before we started recording, I said there was one that made me laugh out loud when, and I knew it was coming because I knew... Was Rose, it that one? That, that was that one. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but, you know, you maybe could put Martha Jones in the unit series. Doing yeah, stuff. you could actually. Yes, you could. You could yeah. for sure. Uh, Monica would like to see Jenny, the doctor's daughter, come back, find oh, out what she's been up to. Of course, that yes. could be a fun adventure. But this one, this one made me laugh a lot. This was Matt again, who said Nardole in a Mister Bean styled show where he gets into mischief on random worlds, <laughs> but not quite understanding social etiquette. Oh, that would be magnificent. Yeah, because they don't all have to be. Well, they could you be know, like they could be five minute adventures. adventures. They could be like the yes, group cartoons. A... They could be five minute adventures of Nardole yes. and ending up somewhere else. And I would love that. Like, you know, that's a fantastic idea. Yeah, it made that made me laugh a lot. Um, so the next question was, what would you like to see in a new villain? And we had some uh, good suggestions here. Matt, who is, as he said, just over the excitement of. Um, you know, like a Dalek Cyberman team up was so incredible, and this, but the scale was too much, and he's kind of over that. So he'd like to see a villain that makes slight adjustments in people's lives that only make the uh, their world incrementally worse, which then over time leads to catastrophe. So, um, so I was thinking it's like um, an alien butterfly effect. You know, do something oh, small yeah. here because you know the ramifications of it. And Monica suggested to Matt that the killer train, is that how you pronounce it? I can't remember. The killer train have slowly been assimilating humans over millennia, so maybe that could be something that works quite well. Uh, yeah, sure. Monica also um, said... It... Go on. You go. No, no. Well, I was going to say, yeah, it's uh, that idea of... I, I like the idea of, you know, the Doctor battling someone on their own turf... I feel sometimes Earth becomes the most important planet in the solar system. Yes. Again, I really liked the Tim Shaw Stenza warrior because mm. it was just like he he wasn't even the, the boss. It was like a rite of passage thing that he mm. had to come to some planet somewhere and almost predator style yeah. take out take out somebody as like a, you know, a rite of passage. So he had to bring back a trophy, as it were. So it wasn't like Earth is suddenly the most important planet in the galaxy, which was one of my things with Flux at the end. It was like the only place anybody had the chance to go. Mm. Um, oh, that was actually that's another one of those ones I'd like to see come back. The um, what was our, our Grand Serpent? Oh what yes, a, what a great yeah. villain! I yeah. hope let's put a pin in him to come back at some point. I yeah. love that. Um, yes. Uh, so someone like that just, you know, they're not trying to take out the planet because sometimes it's just, it's a bit hard to justify. Yeah, we've 
like in this episode, we've just completely destroyed all the tectonic plates, but that's okay. Now we've frozen them and we've turned them into metal. They've gone from being volcanoes to living works of art. And you go, yeah. okay, it is also bottling up all this <laughs> molten lava that's underneath the planet now has nowhere to escape. But, you know, uh, and Russell T. Davies used to have this running gag of, you know, all these times the earth was attacked and, you know, there's a, a bit with Donna one time where the doctor's like, don't you remember the giant, you know, spider star? And she's like, oh, no, I was on holiday here. And yeah. you know, all these times the earth was attacked. So you do otherwise have to acknowledge that sometimes these things are out there walking the streets. Yeah. So I like the idea of it just being something small scale or, yeah, in um, in the... Uh, the the home planet of something else. So I guess similar to what we were talking about before, the idea. I mean, Zygons probably do that. I was going to say you could have something that takes over telepathically with with yeah. a person, um, and sort of you know can feed on the fear and doubts that people have. Yeah. Um, but Zygons kind of do a little bit of more that physical taking over. But um, there's something like that could be like a really scary thought that you, you know, people who have addictions or you know i don't want anything too triggering but that idea of like when you feel like you don't have control over yourself that yeah you know you that that voice in your head like that was one of the things stephen moffat always did really well he took a real world thing like that's that statue looks like it's staring at me in a, mm. in a cemetery what if it was yeah the sound of it you know this the things that go bump into the night became mm there is a something under your bed and listen. Yeah. Um, sometimes that everyday stuff is what makes it scary, you know, yeah. the, the creaking of wood, all that kind of stuff. So that idea of people talk about a voice in a head, what if there was a, a villain that had control over that or was just that sort of voice? Yeah. Could well, that's, that's what Taylor was writing. She just wants something scary. She just actually wants yeah. to, you know, get back to that. Uh, Linda was saying that she'd like to see, um, some scary classics updated, like werewolves, zombies, swamp men, give them a new lease of life, like, you know, reinvent yeah. them a little bit. So that'd be fun. Yeah. We've kind of had, uh, I think, we, well, we've had plenty of blood-sucking things. Mm. Um, yeah, the, the marsh men from Full Circle. So we've done the swamp thing thing. Werewolves, Tooth and Claw. Mm. Brain of Morbius is kind of your Frankenstein's Frankenstein. monster. So we've probably, oh, we had Mummy on the Orient Express. Yeah, we've yeah. done most of those. Um so even um, in uh, Caves of Adrazani, you could you could argue that that's your Phantom of the Opera too with Shara's yeah. Jack. So yeah, uh, th there must be some sort of classic monster out there that maybe like a gremlin style thing, you know, something that starts off you, you think it's really cute, but then it turns out to not be. Yeah, because of a, something that you're not meant to do to it that kind of sets it off could be fun. Well, that'd be fun to have the doctor have a new pet. I've never seen the doctor with a pet for well, not since canine kind of thing. And uh, I feel we'll get one. I yeah. feel that there will. There's a marketing opportunity to have, like there was a there was the the sixth doctor in the um, comics and mm. in the the Doctor Who magazine comics had this character called Frobisher. Yeah, I would love to bring Frobisher, and he was this alien creature that could turn himself into anything and kind of usually took on the form of a penguin yeah. and was kind of a bit of a private eye sleuth thing. Was a marvellous character, could never be uh, 
uh, on the um, show. Um, so something like that. There's been a few of those in the comics and audio adventures because they don't have to worry about trying to do CGI or anything like that. So that that could be a cool thing. I feel like we'll get something like that. I, th- I feel like Russell T Davies is smart enough to go. There's marketing opportunities in some kind of animal companion or robot or something with with the doctor at some point because you know why wouldn't you make something that people can just buy in a shop that isn't just a robot looking thing yeah yeah exactly and uh, monica suggested a um you know like a neil gaiman kind of episode with a modern villain in the style of bruce langley's new god technical boy in american gods so oh yeah something so i'd like to see that as well i think there was the um i would like some modern science to be used to uh jazz up the stories Uh, it it sometimes feels like doctor who is a little bit behind modern science and uh you know Mm. i think there was the capaldi episode where there were uh, beings from a higher dimension trying to get into ours and the TARDIS ended up really small. Yeah. So I'd like to see some of that yes, stuff yes. thrown in as well. And then uh, finally, I asked, uh, how would you update an old... I would like, villain? on that, I would like to see it. What about a villain that's in an alternate reality so that they're hiding, they're hiding where you are, but behind yeah. a sort of veil of, you know, they found a way, you know, dealing with like things like string theory, that idea yes. of, you know, these different timelines that are right um, we because uh, the way the doctor deals with timelines is st- still very linear yes it would be fun to kind of do a we've hopped and kind of skipped tracks yes or there's a there's a villain that's able to do that so it's like well how you know and that that really great misdirect you can do with directing shots where it's like the the doctor's running you know, someone's screaming and there's a monster about or a villain about to get them and the doctor rounds the corner and the person is there, but the villain is not. And then we see, oh, because there's a it's an alternate timeline, or yeah. that's where that's where the villain is jump. We we find out well where they're jumping from is not forwards or backwards in time. It's sideways, sideways. In, in reality. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's heaps of things you can do, uh, and hopefully they'll uh, lean into all of that uh, science and give us some good ideas. Well, you think where where we are now with what popular culture understands from this genre, you can really start to stretch yourself creatively. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just we go to space and we go back in time. Yeah. Yeah. You can do lots. You know, let's have a, uh, let's have a doctor who's a pinata. I'm up for that. (laughs) Why (laughs) not? Like everything, everywhere, all at once, you know. A whole episode uh, where everyone's got sausage fingers. Yeah. I'm totally up for that. Imagine trying to use a sonic screwdriver. Um, and then how would you update an old villain? So we had some good suggestions. Matt was thinking the cheetah people with updated CGI like Planet of the Apes and figures they could actually be quite menacing oh, with, a, yes. a, with a visual update. That was the um, lovely reference to uh, the master. Yeah. Last time I saw you, you know, weren't you a cat? Yeah. Um, so that was that was really nicely done. Yeah. Um, Isaac uh, wants the "Are you my mummy, kid?" updated because it terrified him as oh, a kid. Yeah. So he would like yeah. to be terrified all over again. Well, that was the little was it nano genes where I think with the little robots that would flit around doing that. Um, I 
I feel I don't know what it is. I I love the Sensorites. The Sensorites are one of the dumbest. Oh yeah, monsters in Doctor Who history. Yeah, they get mocked quite a bit because the 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 basic idea was they they're an alien race who can't tell that they all look the same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or they they can tell that they look. They can't tell the difference between each of them. Um, so there was like the one that was in charge had a sash. And when that one was taken out, uh, basically was assassinated by this, uh, an underling that was was plotting against him, just took the sash and put it on. And because he was wearing the sash, everyone just went, oh, it's, hey, Barry, good to see you again. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always it's always a bit of a gag, especially because, you know, the actor playing, playing the other guy uh, had a bit of a pop belly. So they just physically looked different. But as part of the storyline, um, they uh, they looked like they could... Um, uh, if they, maybe they deserve to just stay in their one story because I think if you try to make them any more terrifying, it would ruin it. i tell you who I'd like to see, now I think about it, uh, and I'm sure I could think of a better a better version. Oh, there's, there's two things. One, I would like to see an updated chameleon. That would be fun. The robot oh, that yeah. the Doctor tried to travel with, but the, the actual robot that they had kept yeah. breaking down, so he had to get written out. But chameleon was was a fun idea and also could be um uh, could change into into looking like other people so that could be helpful but yeah. there was uh creatures called the vood um that i they were in the day just kind of black wetsuits yeah. with flippers and stuff but i just think they could be really they could be really scary and one other one would be the tharals who who are the lion people who oh, did yeah. live actually they lived in alternate that's that's one they lived in an alternate reality that was kind of happening back in the the Tom Baker era um that was the episode we said goodbye to Romana too but um they were really cool characters that kind of lived in a sort of you know nether world between two uh and one last one man there's more coming out than I could have thought uh, once you get on track Megloss the evil cactus. I mean, oh, yes. how can we not have bring back the guy who just looks like a literal cactus? Yes. What what a fantastic idea that you could really have some fun with, with people just going, oh, hey, what's with the new cactus? Oh, I don't know. I just turned up on my front door. Someone must have dropped it off. And it's slowly killing people. <laughs> yeah. Well, you could do. Oh, it. that's it. No, Megloss, Megloss with a bullet at number you, one for me. You could Everyone do an invasion just... of the body snatchers uh, with yeah. Megloss. Yeah. So it kind of takes you over, and you kind of become green with little spikes until until you kind of properly yeah. taken over. But he he seriously is a villainous space cactus. Yeah. Which, of course, Doctor Who, how amazing. And uh, Monica would like to bring that back. The Cigarax, uh update. Yeah, Cigarax. Which I was good. thinking about them the other day, actually, with the whole tenant regeneration thing. They kind of they weren't even really the major villain for that episode. There was a lot more going on with the villainous Santas and stuff like that. Yeah. The robotic Santas. But they were a really great, they just seemingly generic bad guy that we didn't really get to see the full potential of because it got a bit comical with uh tenant doing tenant towards the end. But I would like to see um yeah, I was actually thinking about them the other day, going, oh, yeah, they didn't really do much, and they would be an easy thing to bring back and still just be a fun a fun monster. 
And you don't have to make any new suits. They look pretty good. Yeah. And uh, Alison would like the Rani. She was a bit disappointed that uh, Missy wasn't revealed to be her. But um, that could be fun as well. Uh, I like the, oh, Meddling Monk would be good. Oh, One yes. Of the first yeah. villain, villainous other Time Lords we saw was the Meddling Monk. Yeah. Um, the first time we ever had anyone acknowledged as coming from the Doctor's home planet was the Monk. Um, yeah. Who who basically liked to just come and do the opposite of what the doctor does. I travel around in time and just, just muck stuff up for people and try to yeah. stop things from happening and try to mess with history. Is it, that's a, that's a fun idea. Yeah. Do you think the Valyard are anywhere or is it just no, too hard? I don't, I, I think unfortunately that was a, an idea of its time with a show that was the writing was on the wall that it was either done. You know, this is the trial of the Time Lord idea mm. where the head prosecutor against the Doctor turns out to be an incarnation from in between his 12th and 13th mm. regeneration. So before, you know, basically before he he dies. We've obviously superseded that number. But because it's in between, it's like, well, it's an entity that's in between. You could still bring it back as an idea because it's not... It's not your actual um, uh, uh, a regeneration. It's one that sort of apparently is in between. Mm. So, um, yeah, th- I think there's something in seeing other versions of the Doctor come in. Yeah. I, think, I don't know if I've mentioned it here on the show before. The Eleven, which is a big Finnish character, but it's the idea basically that uh, a Time Lord's regeneration's went to regenerate it fucked up and he got all 12 at once yeah so he's got 11 different personalities at the same time and it's just made him completely schizophrenic um and the actor who plays the role is brilliant and and could um could do a brilliant version of that on camera as well um as far as i understand it he he mark bonner is his name he um as far as i understand it does the lines flipping from like one personality to the next Mm. as one read he doesn't Mm. stop and start so he could do it on camera and it's just a great concept that you've got more than one version of a character living within itself, fighting with itself, is a is a great place for a villain to be. Yeah, because some of them are nice, some of them are not. Yeah, so that's that's one that I would I would hope could sort of be cherry picked at some point. I would um I uh if if Russell T Davies is going to do series, I'd give the ma- I'd give a version of the Master a series, and I would have him, yeah. and I would I would make it like the anti Doctor Who, where I would give the Master a companion. And they go around causing mischief, but it doesn't mean that they can't come up against, you know, some pretty horrific kind of villains as well. Well, again, if you had if you had Missy, yeah, she was a pretty sympathetic version of the Master. Yeah, so she was sort of a bit more impish, playful than outright villainous like Sasha Dewan. Um, so I would I would watch a series with her in it. That whole um, was it in was it World Enough in Time? I think where she came out like she she was doing the simulation of pretending she was in charge with um, 
um, with Bill and Nardole, and she was uh, she was coming out pretending she was the doctor and sort of role playing, but doing it in a very over the top actory kind of way. Yeah, and you go, she's fantastic, and yeah. you don't see her as the bad guy villain in any way, shape, or form. I would love a show with her in it, and you could give her a companion, and maybe they're not always doing the right thing, um, and then you could put in another, you know, worse than, and you know, because with villains, they never get along. You could put someone else, you know, she's going to ruin someone's day, but then finds out there was already somebody there to ruin the day. Yeah. And she says, well, I'll ruin your day first. So then I can do the ruining on my own. Like yeah. it, just, it all would make sense. She's not out trying to save the day. She's just kind of bumping into other horrible people and going, can you just step aside and let me take over, please? Yeah. Um, that could work. That could work. Her, her doing awful things and getting angry at really, really awful villains and stopping them, mm. not through any sense of wanting to do the right thing, but just mm. stopping them because they're getting in the way of her fun. Yeah. And then she says, not learning day. anything or not trying to become a better person at the end no. of it. It's just like almost like I, I will stop all the other bad people so that I am seen as the worst of the bad people. Yeah, like she's she's off to do something. Uh, like she's just decided she's going to ruin someone's cafe. She there's a Dalek invasion. She stops the Dalek invasion. You think she's been a hero? Episode finishes with that she's actually ruined that cafe. Yeah. <laughs> Every episode ends on a on a hilarious downer. Well, um, they're, they're good suggestions, though. I, I was happy that. Yeah, and uh, thanks to everybody for for putting them in. That's amazing. Yeah, and uh, you know, as I said, I feel like uh, now that I've had enough time to kind of reflect on the, uh, you know, some of the tribunal stuff didn't land for me, but overall, uh, I appreciate it more now that I've got time to have a proper look back over it and. Uh, yeah, uh, that that final regeneration is probably you know it's climbing further and further up my rankings of uh, favorite mm. uh, favorite last moments of a doctor. Absolutely agree. All right, uh, we will be back. I'm sure with with the way information is coming out, it feels <laughs> like we will be doing this regularly over the next year. Uh, as we learn more, and we'll throw more questions out as well because people seem to enjoy uh, pitching their ideas. And who knows? Who knows? Maybe they're listening and they will bring back the cheetah people or give Nardol his Mr. Bean esque series. Oh, Nardol is Mr. Nardol the series. I love it. Right. It's so good. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Rove. Well done, me. A gold star and a sticker. That brings us to the end of the podcast. Thanks to Roe for hanging out today. And as I said, I really loved answering your questions and hearing your thoughts. So, yeah, I reckon we will do more of these in the new year. Uh, one final reminder that I will be in Melbourne this Saturday at Comedy Republic. So please come and check out the show. And if you're free and you're checking in, don't forget to use the promo code PODCAST when you visit comedy.com.au for your ticket purchases. It will save you a little bit of money. If you're elsewhere in the world and would like to support the work my friends and I do here, please leave a top review on Apple Podcasts or even just recommend us to your friends. That's always a great way to get this stuff around. Uh, we do a lot of work here. These podcasts take a lot of time to produce, so uh, the more ears and the more friends we can have, uh, it genuinely is uh, for the better. 
I'll be back on Monday with a new Chitter Chatter episode with Adam Richard and then a new Pass the Amel segment with author Garth Jones. Let's finish today with a quote from David Tennant. I have such fond memories of watching Doctor Who when I was a kid and growing up that if I've left anybody anywhere with memories as fond, then I feel like I've done my job. Until then. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.